Welcome to the Infinite Podcast. I'm Kier Nimbus, and this is my co-host Daka. Howdy. We're focused on the casual nature of the game and talking about our experiences with all that's new. This month, we'll be covering all that's happened in September and looking forward into the future. I believe tonight or very soon, uh, Elsa drops uh, with the new, uh, you know, spooky uh, season pass. And uh, without further ado, yeah, we were uh, we were sort of talking uh, before we hit record about our playtime in Marvel Snap. So before we get into anything else, I do want to address it. I, I think the game had a nuke happen with Loki, and it definitely dissuaded me from playing. Daki, you were saying obviously you have other interests going on, but did you feel like seeing the same Loki deck over and over dissuaded you yes yeah i'm gonna say a mix of that and just alioth was a little bit rough oh yeah oh yeah because um uh the only strategy i could come up with to countering alioth was just playing leader and taking priority that was it (laughs) that's actually that's actually hilarious i i have not heard that strategy before i mean if because you know like Oh, just play Cosmo. Well, you know, they're not going to throw Alioth in the Cosmo lane, so. Right, yeah. Whatever, but but yeah, I was just, I, I put leader in every single deck I made for the most part, and I was just like, you know what? It's got to work. And you know what? Surprisingly, it worked a good, decent amount. That That's actually kind of amazing. Uh, I assume, though, that when you ran into Loki, you lost every time. For the most part, it was a little rough. I mean, it should be said, you know me, I'm a meta hipster. And it was torture. This month has been torture for my deck building. It's the thing that I enjoy most about this game, but it's so restrictive when your opponent gets your deck but better. And they're already ahead because they got the collector-Loki combo. But frustrations aside, uh, we'll, we'll dive into it a little bit more. Let's actually cover the cards that came out during September. Now, theme-wise, amazing. The Loki TV show is universally regarded as one of the best uh, for Marvel. And, you know, I was really excited for this season because of it. Let's let's address the elephant in the room. Okay, Loki is a 3-5 with the ability on reveal, replace your hand with cards from your opponent's starting deck. Give them minus one cost. Um, Yeah, so I'll be first to admit, I think I underestimated this card. I thought, I thought that it would be good. I did not think that it would destroy the game. Throw it with Collector, you've got like a 12 power Collector. You can put it into basically any shell because, again, you're replacing your hand with a better hand uh, because your opponent isn't putting bad cards in their deck. Yeah, it's it's insane. Did, did you have fun playing with Loki? Playing with Loki? Yes, when he first dropped. I had a lot of fun using him for uh, probably the first, like, half of that first week. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, well, you know, this has been fun, but I want to go back to, you know, my other decks, and then it all started falling apart. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I this topic has probably been talked to death already. But yeah, I just... It, you know, it's, it, it's extra salt on the wound that he's a 3-5 with an upside. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, just, just crazy. The card is insane. Uh, some people are saying that he's weaker now because of Mobius, and we'll get to his impact on the meta. I still think Loki is stupid strong. It's stupid strong. There's all there's virtually no downside to playing him. 
And, you know, in typical Marvel Snap fashion, they're going to wait three months before they do anything to Loki. I think... I think in a different universe, if he didn't have the minus one cost and you just had to use Quinjet, I think he would be fine. Because you have to draw Quinjet. But the fact that you can combo it with Quinjet is bonkers. Mm -hmm. It is so stupid. Like, you know one of my favorite decks is Big Boys. It's a homebrew uh -huh. deck of mine, right? I have Infinite, uh, Lady Sif, Ghost Rider, Crossbones, um, uh, Spider-Woman... All of these cards that are high value, uh, but they, you know, have certain conditions that need to be met. Well, if you're the Loki player and you get my deck, it's just better. You you get my cards at, at a, an extreme discount, uh, and the best that I can do is just barely keep up, and that's not, not enough. It's crazy. I think it also, you know, it discouraged deck building in a way I have not seen before. The best decks against Loki were the ones that were inconsistent, like Cerebro 3, or, you know, um, I heard some people say, like, Heladex, because <laughs> it's a roulette anyway. Um, yeah, man, I I really hope that they change this card. I, I like the flavor. I think it's it's very flavorful, but I I don't know. It's way, way too strong. I think, I think without ranting too much more about Loki, which I'm sure we'll come back to later on, uh, let's talk about Alioth, because I know that you have a couple of things to say about this. And yeah, I it's, it's weird to me because I should be, like, blowing my top of this card. I hate Galactus. I'm a Galactus hater. But I don't hate Alioth in the same way. Mostly because we're still playing Marvel Snap with Alioth. We're not playing Marvel Snap with Galactus. Um, but I don't know. You you were telling me you had a strategy against Alioth for, for a while with Leader. Yes. So, unfortunately, I was not good enough to, uh, you know, skillfully obtain Alioth. Uh, yes. Yes. When he launched. Um, so, I was like, huh. Well, I'm going to have to deal with this for at least a week. What do I do? So my plan was to just steal priority and then throw down leader on turn six. And it worked almost every time. Um, and, you know, Alioth isn't the worst thing ever. Um, I would definitely rather lose to an Alioth than like a Galactus or something. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't know. I feel like Alioth is one of those cards like that, you know, if you get got by it, and, like, you're having a bad day, it's like, okay, well, that was just really annoying. But mm -hmm. it, most of the time, I, I don't really care if I die to Alioth, you know? It's like, ah, oh, well, that was unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, it's just a win more card, right? Like, it, it honestly reminds me of um, uh, Arrow before she got changed. Um, I, I, do you, Did you have to deal with the old Arrow, or is that just an... A, a me problem uh i think that's just a you problem but arrow used to move everything you played right yes it was yeah. infuriating like yes there was technically counterplay in the same it's the same thing with like well if you just play cosmo and it's like well okay if the arrow player knows what they're doing they're going to move the important cards especially six cost cards 
that's why Doctor Doom was so popular for the longest time, and you had the you know the Doom Wave sort of scenario. So no matter where you played him, you got value. But yeah, uh, it, it reminds me of Arrow in that way because it, it's a checkmate once the scenario is revealed. Like, oh, okay, um, I've played Jean Grey on turn five. They have to play one card here. They're playing a like a, a ramp deck. I know that they are only going to play one card. I win. Um, or like e- even the less annoying stuff. If you just get lucky with Alioth, you can snipe a Darkhawk combo or um, uh, a number of other things. And let's not forget that he also combos with Galactus. So if you get Galactus out on turn four uh, and you play Alioth on turn six, you just win. Because in order, you know, for Galactus to come down, you need priority. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't hate this card as vehemently as I do Galactus, but I do think that he needs a change. Do you think, I've, I've heard a couple of discussions floating around. Do you think that he needs to destroy unrevealed cards? Is it a part of his identity to do that? Like, as a character or as a card? Like... Because, uh, I mean, part of the charm of Marvel Snap, right, is the cards have, you know, texts that reflect their character. And you have the cool animations that mm-hmm. play. Do you feel like the unrevealed cards part, do you think that that should be, is that something that can be changed? Or do we need to look at other knobs to turn on the card? I mean, I think it's something that can be changed because, I don't know, I feel like destroying unrevealed cards is just one really annoying and one i i'm not a game dev i don't want to say unbalanced but it's definitely at the very least very annoying yeah um yeah when like your your card hasn't had a chance to do anything it's it's essentially just not having priority the entire time which i mean you know you'd have to be down in priority anyways but it's just i don't know i i'm i'm not a fan of cards getting destroyed when they haven't even turned? Because, I mean, here's what I've been thinking, right? I would honestly be okay with Alioth as, like, a 6-7 if the if the stipulation was that he didn't destroy the cards before their on-reveal went off. Like, on-reveal, destroy all enemy t- cards played here this turn after their on-reveal effects, or something like that. Because, I mean, the deal is, like... In most circumstances, you're still going to get the effect of Alioth, but in other circumstances, you're not, like, absolutely punished for trying to play the game. What I found is Alioth being put into, like, random... I saw somebody put Alioth into a Patriot list. Just because, right? Like, a turn six turn off everything is very strong. Especially when you know where where your opponent is going to play. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know exactly what the solution is. Um, I've heard some people say, like, oh, let, let's just, you know, make him a 6-2, make him like leader with a similar condition, right? You have to guess where they're playing and, and you know, that kind of thing. But I, I'll be interested to see, uh, you know, what they do with with Alioth. I will say I did get the Dan Hip variant, and I'm very happy with it. Um, but I have, like, in the same way that I'm not playing Loki because I'm a meta hipster, I'm also not playing a lot of Alioth. So yeah, I think that I I think that wraps up our thoughts around that. Do you want to talk about Triple M? 
Mobius M. Oh, Mobius. Triple M. Don't get me started on Triple M. I mean, I think we talked when we were looking at data mines. This was the card I was actually like really excited for. And I'm happy with it, man. I got the Dan Hip variant too. Uh, after they, you know, they raided the the shops with Dan Hip stuff. Um, yeah, I love him, man. Uh, I know some people aren't a fan, right, of a catch-all card, but he's an ongoing. He can be stopped, and his, you know, his effect doesn't destroy the game. It's just another way to deal with Wave, who is super prevalent, and Ceradex, which have been, you know, evergreen since the start of the game. It's nice to have something that actually deals with it. Uh, what do you think? Now, looking at it from a logistical standpoint, I agree with you. Mm. But looking at it through the eyes of a Mr. Negative Enjoyer... Oh, dear. I do not like Mobius. You know, I... Oh. I was like, well, hopefully, you know, the first time I played against it, I was like, well, hopefully, you know, it it won't do that to negative because it's not lowering the cost, it's swapping the cost. Right. But yes. I was wrong. <laughs> I was I was so wrong. Oh, man. You know what? I do actually weep for negative enjoyers. They just can't catch a break. Killing me. Are, have you thought about teching in Rogue into your negative list? Sure have. That's what I've been running. I mean, that's that's got to be it, right? I, because again, like for me, for the for the list that I run, Mobius is always an upside. I hate Dream Dimension. I hate Iceman. Uh, Baron Mordo is fine, I guess. But uh, as I a hate general, Ice Bar. yeah, yeah, I hate Ice. Like these locations are annoying. That's enough of a reason for me to put them in add on to the effect that, like, I can stop Galactus from happening because Wave won't go off. Uh, and, you know, I can I can take advantage of Wave myself with my uh, big boys list. But I, I totally understand. I, I feel like there's a bit of a divide in the community over Mobius. Like, they kind of sold the solution to the problem they created, and it, that felt icky to me. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think... I think Mobius is going to end up being a pretty influential card in the meta. Like, if you want to be greedy with your deck, um, you're going to have to tech in Rogue or Enchantress. Because if you don't, you're not going to get your combo off. And the fact that Mobius also shuts down Sabu, which is in, you know, a thousand lists. Yeah, he's really good. I don't know. I've, I, I have seen some people say that maybe he should be turned into, like... Uh, a 4-4 four, four or something. Um, because ultimately, you the fact that he's a 2-3 is just so, so good. You're not losing any tempo for playing him. Um, and I think as a 4-4, four, four, there's a little bit more of a decision maker there. Yeah. And, like, I like the fact that he stops wave, but it would it would stop the whole, like, I play one card and your deck is invalidated strategy which happens um, quite frequently in Snap. Uh, so yeah, I, I'd i be interested to see in, in what they do. do. Do you think he needs change at all? I don't necessarily think that he needs change, but if they were to change him, uh-huh. honestly, I think they could keep him at a 2-3, maybe even give him a few buffs in the cost and power department. But if they take away that your opponent's cards can't be decreased, I know that's, like, the main part of the card. But I think it would be kind of interesting just to see uh, 
how effective he would be if he mm. was still a low like a low cost drop that just made it to where you couldn't be screwed over by card costs. Interesting. I definitely don't think that he would be as effective, but you know. I mean, I think I would honestly still tech him in, but yeah, I mean the 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 huge benefit of re- making sure your opponent's cost can't be reduced. I mean, that is where most of his value derives. I think without that text, he'd be like a a D tier card. But you know, I love crossbones, so <laughs> I I don't have much room to talk in that department. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to see if anything changes with Mobius. I think for now, he's here to stay. I mean, uh, is there? Is there an archetype where putting Mobius in isn't a good idea? Like, just to counter your opponent's Mobius. Because you know that the Mobius player is going to run Wave or something similar. I, um... I mean, no, he's kind of just like an all-plus-side card. Yeah. Like, like he, he just... He has no restrictions, like, at all. Like, there's no downside to playing him. I would honestly um, say that the archetype... I, I mean, we could call out the obvious archetypes. Like, you probably don't want to put him into... Um, well, actually, no. No. You could you could tech him and destroy. You just have to be careful on what lane you put him in. Yep. I mean, you, you probably wouldn't want to run him in a discard deck either. But excluding the two decks in the game that, you know, solution to winning is destroying or getting rid of their own cards. Um, right, Yeah. I, I don't really see why you wouldn't run him in most decks. I mean, obviously, you know, sometimes you would just rather have something else. Um, but, I mean, he's not a bad pick, I feel, just yeah. for the fact that he counters other people's decks. Yeah, I mean, and again, I'm biased. I think I was going to love this card either way. I just fucking hate Dream Dimension. Honestly, if I could just have... If I could, like, pay $100 a year to prevent Dream Dimension from showing up in my games, I think I would actually do it. I hate that location so much. But anyway, uh, we can move on. Uh, let's talk about Ravona. I I think that she's being a little hated on. Like, I think it's just it's just bad timing, man. They, they threw her in in the September season the week before Mobius came out. And I feel like we haven't had enough time to experiment with her before her decks were just shut down instantly. Did did you have a chance to play with her or play against her? Um, so I've played against her a few times, but I will preference this with the week that Ravona Renslayer came out, I was all in Mortal Kombat. Um, so oh, sure, sure. Too, too much. Um, but I think I'm going to stick with what I said in the last episode of I think Ravona Renslayer is an amazing card. Um, but we just didn't have enough time to really test her out because old Triple M came in <laughs> yep, and was yep. like, let me deal with that for you. I, you know, I, I threw Ravona into a, uh, a Darkhawk list and I liked it a lot, especially because, uh, you know, you, now that Rock Slide is a, uh, a three cost, I, I've stopped running Zabu in my Darkhawk lists, which is blasphemous, but when you throw Ravona in there, uh, she discounts Darkhawk to three, and Mystique goes down to two. Problem solved. I can throw Black Widow into my decks now, and that, that's an extra card deny. I don't know. I, I like her quite a lot. I've been slotting, like, I, I will say I don't think she fits in every deck. I think that her restriction is pretty specific, but I, I have heard... Uh, some people in the community say that she is just going to get better with time as more cards that come out 
that have low power but a cool ability come out. I mean, she's she's going to find slots in. Uh, Discount is obviously super strong, and Mobius is a huge part of the meta right now, but things, you know, fluctuate and change. There are points where the meta stabilized and, you know, we had a bunch of different decks to play, honestly. I'm kind of longing for for June. That was a good good situation we had going on. If if we ever get to a period like that, I I would expect to see more Ravona experimentation. I know that the goblins were like popping off uh during this time. There was a lot of uh there was a lot of experimentation with like uh Iron Man decks and other things. So I I I don't I don't think that there's any denying that she'll get better with time. Uh, I agree. So yeah, uh, I guess before we move on, we can talk about... Actually, you know what? Let's cover the locations now. Uh, the two locations that came out during this time were Time Theater, uh, which copies the last card you drew instead of drawing your next card, and Mount Vesuvius, which means players can't retreat after turn five. Have you, have you played a, a bit in these locations? Uh, I've played a decent amount in Mount Vesuvius. Um, mm. I have not gotten the other location once. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've I, run into Time Theater a couple of times, and of course, it's just... It's always luck that happens where it's like, oh, okay, I just drew a second Atuma. I don't really need that, but okay. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I think sometimes it comes in clutch. I think, I think one time I got, like, two Zabus. And that was pretty fun. Um, but Time Theater is, as expected, pretty random. It, it, you know, it could it could benefit you. Uh, getting, like, two Devil Dinos out of it is pretty pog. But it is denying you a draw, and that is significant. Darkhawk players are rejoicing. Uh, Mount Vesuvius, though, I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. I think it's cool that there is something that interacts with the retreat button. But man, it is it is weird to me that in a game that's all about like being fast and stuff, like imagine you're on the toilet and you you finished your your business and you want to just close the game and you're like, wait a minute, I can't retreat here. Uh, that's a bit unfortunate. I guess I'll stick in. Um, I don't know what what did you think about it? I mean, I think Mount Vesuvius is fine. Um, I think it uh. It really helps out um, people that are confident in their play for, you know, obvious reasons of you're, you're like, oh, well, I know I'm going to win, then cool, it's a free location. Um, and I mean, you know, if if you don't like it, I mean, I guess the only real advice that I can kind of give is to just retreat before turn five, before it has a chance to go off. Yeah, if you're feeling shaky I mean, about it. Yeah, uh, it, it gives you, I'd say the... I'm trying to figure out how to how to words English. It's hard. Um, you you have to come to the do I need to retreat or not? Um, epiphany a turn sooner, or and hear me out. You can magic it, storm it, snow guard it, or legion it. That is true. I mean, there's so much location control in the game. Uh, I, I dude. Speaking of, I know that it's going to come up, but snow guard crazy i'm that card is nuts um okay let's 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 go ahead and talk about this doesn't really affect me because i just i still 
just don't have the drive to to go for infinite rank. But as a professional infinite rank player, uh, do you think that yeah. the um, the snap points are cool? Do you like them? You mean like the ranking system? Yeah, they 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 changed yeah. the infinite rank system. So you once you get past infinite, you're judged by your snap points, which is the total accumulated cubes, uh, kind of. They do some math to sort of hide exactly what that number is, but it's pretty equivalent to how many cubes you get. Um, I think it's great because, hear me out, and you know, uh, I don't know, I can get called an elitist or whatever. In the highest level of play in any game, most people that are playing up there are competitive. They want to be the best. They want to, you know, climb the ladder and get up there. So giving people a number to look at to represent, you know, where they stand in the grand scheme. Very good. I I doubt I will ever disagree with it in just about any game. And I think it's pretty good in this game. I'm not going to lie. I I will say uh, from what I understand, I, I mean, I'm not up there. So when I'm when I'm hearing about like top players talking about it, it's cool. But apparently there's such a huge disparity from like the top percent of infinite versus the bottom percent that like they're running into a lot of similar issues that they had before with like who they're getting you know matched up with and your snap points can change drastically and it's ever-changing like if, if you're not keeping up with uh what's happening uh you could very quickly fall behind um now this is all pros, I, I, and what I mean by pros is P-R-O-S-E, I, I don't actually experience these things, but they, they were brought up in a couple of the, uh, the spheres that I'm, I'm in. I, uh, personally, though, I feel like any excuse to provide more incentive to play ladder is good. Ladder is the main game mode for the game. People, generally speaking, play Marvel Snap for ladder, I know a lot of people are huge conquest enjoyers, um, but I, I think that uh, overall it's a really good change. Um, and just uh, just to go over this before we we move on, I, did you have you listened to the uh, the seasonal music in in the main menu? I've heard some of it. It's, you, do you just it's skip right. by? Well, I mean, sometimes I play with my audio turned on. Sometimes I play with it turned off. But oh, sure, it, sure. It just depends on. Depends on, like, if I'm watching YouTube on the side or whatever. I mean, I think it's a nice change. Uh, I think I think it is... It's interesting, though. We're, we're like, constantly changing seasons, so the amount of times that we're going to hear the normal theme versus, like, a, a, a themed theme is going to be drastically different now. Like, the main Marvel Snap theme is going to be an oddity compared to the ever-changing audio track. I'd be interested to see, too, if they're archiving the music that they're making somewhere like if they have it on their youtube channel or something because it's it, it's weird to me that they would compose and make new music and then just let it go forever but i don't know that's just speculation on my part um yeah that was like the the other minor thing Let, let's talk about the ota that happened with the september season there was a bunch of changes and boy oh boy as a blade enjoyer i need to know daka mm -hmm. is your son your favorite son now or did you go get some milk from the store uh 
he's been my favorite son for a very long time, my boy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Blade. He's he's always held a special place in my heart, but now I don't have to worry about him robbing me. Great. That honestly, that makes me very happy. I've heard honestly only positive things about Blade, especially because now he combos with Galactus. Like you can do Lady Sif, um, uh, Blade, and Boom. Not did I say Galactus? I meant Apocalypse. I was going to say, you said Galactus, but I know what you meant. Yes, I meant Apocalypse. You can Lady Sif and then uh, Blade on the Apocalypse, and boom, that's two procs. It's really cool. Uh, and and just to, to cover the change, he went from on reveal, discard a card from your hand. He's a 1-3. Two, on reveal, discard the rightmost card from your hand. I think that this is just... A benefit. I have I've I've heard some people say that it's losing the identity of discard because you know random discard there's supposed to be some risk. I don't know, man. I think I think just making the cards more viable in discard is cool. I like that. And it, it's still sort of random. You can't play them at any time. Um and I like that. So yeah, uh Huge, huge props to developers. Blade is back, baby. I've I've seen him in a bunch of different lists. Um, oh, Blade's always been back, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I know you, madman. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's let's talk about let's talk about the Soul Stone. This change, I really didn't think much of, but apparently it's devastating to Thanos players. So Soul Stone before had on-reveal draw a card, and ongoing enemy cards here of minus one power. That ability to draw a card has been removed, and apparently that has, like, dropped Thanos' win rate by, like, 5%. It's pretty significant. Are you a Thanos enjoyer? Uh, I, not as much anymore. I definitely used to be, like, especially whenever I first pulled Thanos, um, but I've just been messing around with so many other things. I haven't really had a chance to play Thanos recently. Yeah, um, yeah. But I can understand why it would, because, you know, in Thanos decks, right, you want to put down all the Infinity Stones, and, you know, like, you want to get as much draw from them as you can, and I mean, I think the only card or cards now that don't have draw are Soul Stone and Power Stone. Mm-hmm. Is it Power Stone? I think it's Power Stone. Yeah. Um, Which, you know, going from one of the stones not having it now two of them don't have it that's less draw less draw isn't great you know you've got all these extra stones in your deck that you need to get out so i can understand how it's not the greatest outcome but you know eh, it happens uh yeah i it is so weird to me like did they really feel like thanos was like taking over the meta do they like why why did they why did they decide that this was necessary as far as you i know, know that's a great question <laughs> like thanos is strong but his like his heyday is long since gone right i mean there are just things that threaten his game plan um he's still a good deck but uh, as far as i know he was like considered like b tier overall um, yeah, I don't know. It was, it, it's a weird decision to make. I guess, well, and, um, and the developer notes here also talk about the fact, did you remember, like, way, way back, they made that really complicated wording change to, uh, Mystique, uh, and Rogue, where they would also copy an on-reveal if it was connected to an ongoing? 
that was specifically to target the Soul Stone, since it was the only card in the game that had an on-reveal and ongoing. And they're, they they literally say at the end of this, uh, oh well. <laughs> like, they, they did all this work on the back end to make it, make it relevant, and then, yeah, they just took it away. It's so weird. Um, okay. Uh, and... We're going to talk about the next OTA change next, so we're going to be bringing up Spider-Ham again, uh, but they changed him from uh, a 1-1 to a 2-2, now they changed it from, you know, transforming the highest cost card in your opponent's hand into the leftmost card in your opponent's hand, the reasoning being that they didn't like that it was targeting Apocalypse so often, and they felt like... Having the leftmost card in your opponent's hand trigger means it's probably the their their higher cost cards because they're not playing it, and that's the logic behind it. I actually, uh, nah, they just want you to get Agatha out. Yeah, clearly. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I saw a significant decrease in Spider Ham, but he still played because he gives information. True. Yeah, I'm reading the the rest of the developer notes here. I I again, I think the idea was like. They they felt that he was too strong as a 1-1, one, one, so they changed him to a 2-2. Two, two. But then they felt that he was still too strong as a 2-2, two, two, so then they changed his ability. And in the next OTA, we're going to talk about what they did with that. Um, so we'll we'll go over probably the most significant change for a card I've seen in Marvel Snap. Snowguard had a huge change. So before... Snowguard was a 1-2, and while she was in your hand, she would alternate between the Hawk and the Bear. The Hawk was a 1-2 that ignored all location abilities next turn, and the Bear was a 1-2 that triggered the effect of the location that you played it on. This card was universally revered as the worst card in the game. It was inconsistent, the effects weren't very strong, and it was a 1-2, so it's whatever. Out of nowhere, they dropped a huge buff. Uh, now... Snowguard adds the Hawk and Bear to your hand, and they change the stats to a 2-3 for both of them. And they change the Hawk's ability so that it, it ignores all location abilities until the end of next turn or the game. Which is very important because before, when you played it on um, uh, turn 6, the locations would just turn back on at the end of the game, so the effect felt virtually useless playing it then what 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 do you think about this change i it's incredible because it came out right around the the whole loki taking over the meta thing and it buffs collector now it it, it's a good curve out it gives you so many things Uh, what do you think so i don't have snow guard but i have played against a lot of snow guard since for changes i mean i think she's pretty good now I uh I like it. Like I, I think I don't mind cards that interact with locations in certain ways, I guess is how I want to put that. Like who's playing Rhino now? Who's playing Rhino? Tell me, Daka. Tell me. Who's playing Rhino? Uh I don't know, but I'm sure you will, Mr. Hipster. I probably will. Uh no, but in all seriousness, slam dunk on the developer's side, I think universally this card has been loved pretty incredibly last but not least this is a a very minor thing um absorbing man went from a four five to a four four do you think that absorbing man deserved that 
No, I'm gonna I be mean, honest. I think you should have stayed a four or five. Here's the deal, right? I, I, the most common argument to nerf Absorbing Man was the Brood combo. It was just super strong. I don't think there's any denying that. But I mean, it's so weird to me that they, they're like, okay, we need to get Absorbing Man some more play. Let's make him a four or five. That's pretty good. Um, he starts getting more play. Right. Okay, so we need to we need to nerf absorbing man. <laughs> and I get it. I like. I'm not super upset about it. I'm not exactly like an absorbing man enjoyer. I would throw him into the occasional Wong deck or whatever. Uh, but as a four four, he's still kind of strong. I, I I don't know. I I I just I don't know. I thought it was really spicy as a four five. I really liked that. Um, but yeah, I think I think that covers the the main you know, updates that came with the uh, September season. Uh, we can talk about the OTAs that happened a little into the middle of the month. Okay, so at this point, I'm getting frustrated, right? I'm like, okay, they got it. They're good. They're going to do something about Loki, right? Right? And instead, the collector says, get down, Mr. President, and sacrifices his viability in every other deck and gets nerfed. So the collector went from a 2-2 two, two, to a 2-0. And the worst part is it doesn't even make him worse than the Loki deck because he's still like 10 power instead of 12. <laughs> like, I don't I don't understand it, man. Loki's the problem. Just just fix Loki. We collector collector was thrown into like a couple of decks and now he's just worse in them universally. What what did you think about this change? I uh, you know, he, I think you put it best. He, uh, he hit the get down Mr. President for Loki. I, I don't think that, I mean, Collector was part of the problem of why Loki is as consistent as he is, but it's two power and in those decks, you know, you're going to be getting plenty of power on Collector. So why nerf him in other places? Yeah. Like, I I had collector I had a collector dino deck that I really liked but yeah, like now I have to genuinely consider is he worth it in there cuz the whole gimmick is like okay I'll play a sentinel or two I'll have my kitty pride out and he'll get up to like you know 7 or 8 power um now don't get me wrong that's still pretty insane for a two cost but that was that was his value in the deck right I built the deck so that collector would get bigger now, when I'm playing a dino deck, I'm like, well, why would I ever play those things when I could just, like, play Moon Girl or, or just play Coulson or just play Nick Fury? Like, I don't need to worry about buffing the Collector anymore because the best that he can do is a 2-5. I might as well play Lizard. Like, I don't know. I, it, it was a weird change for me. Um, but that being said, if you want to talk about a Giga Chad change. I agree. Mr. Shadow King has just been going down in cost, and every time the whole community rejoices, he is now a 2-3. Holy moly. This was a saving grace. Now, did it stop Loki? No. Especially because they also got your Shadow King. Um, but I think it really helped, and it also helps that I feel like he's he really belongs at a 2-3. I think he feels extremely good. Have you been putting in more in, in more of your decks? Um, right now, no. But when the changes happened, yes. Um, because when the changes happened, I already had Shadow King in a Cerebro three deck that I was using to 
uh, go toe to toe in the arena with um, all the Loki players. Yeah, I was like, hey, looky there, even better now. Yeah, no, I I'm I'm happy with it. No notes, great job. Uh, speaking of no notes, I mean, you know that I got to be excited about this one. Lady Sif was changed from a three four to a three five, and that's the change, and I love it. Um, you know, I, she was unique in the discard category because she, you know, she's a discard card, but she didn't have like the same value as some other cards. Like Colleen Wing is a two four, Blade is a one three. Swordmaster is a, you know, 3-6. And the, the reasoning was like, okay, well, she's a targeted discard. Well, I think I think they felt like the discard archetype could use a little bit of a boost. And I love it, man. The, I play Lady Sif Ghost Rider, and an extra point is pretty solid. I'm happy with it. Uh, have you played... You haven't played a ton of discard, but seeing all these changes to the discard archetype, do you feel like it's more appealing? Uh, I definitely do think that it is more appealing, especially since um, uh, other cards have come out for discard. Like, I know that Silver Samurai is a bit different than most other um, discard cards, but uh, I am an enjoyer of discard decks. Yeah, man, me too. I, I do love me some discard. And uh, you know what? We'll we'll do this change first because it, it's tangential to that. Black Cat was changed from a three seven to a four nine. Huh? What? You know, um, it's definitely a change of all time, <laughs> right? Like, I, here's the thing: nobody's playing Black Cat. Period. But if I were to play Black Cat, it would be nice to have the option to play her, <laughs> right? Yeah. Now I just, like, I what, I have a, I don't even know the percent chance off the top of my head. But you get my point. Now you have one less turn to work with. And if you're just doing, like, a Ghost Rider combo, you probably would just play Lady Sif and do a big card. Or, or if you're doing a, a Hella list, you don't care because you're playing MODOK, right? But, but, but what if you don't? have infinite in your hand all game and then your lady sif just hits your ghost rider you're so right no in all seriousness Dang. though this was just a met chain i'd like they just need i i i think they might need to change black cat i don't i don't think that her card design is is very appealing for anything you know what i think a good black cat change would be hmm. giving her the opposite effect of like ebony maw um but, I mean, obviously, you know, keep her worth it. But have it, like, um, like if you pull this card in, like, the first three turns, she gets discarded. But if you pull her after, you keep her. And then have her be, like, I don't know, make her, like, a 3-9 or something. Oh, oh like a, a, a really, like, an all or nothing. Like, uh... Yeah. I, I kind of like that. Yeah, uh, there's some things that you could do to Black Cat to sort of keep the identity, but make her more useful in a in a deck. I mean, otherwise, yeah, like the the best thing you can do is throw her into a Hella or a Ghost Rider deck. But there are better cards that you would play anyway. Like, if I'm going to be discarding things and I want big stats, I'm just going to put bigger stats in my deck. I don't know. It's it's a weird thing. Um. Uh, but yeah, that was that was all of the changes for the midseason patch. Why, 
are they so defensive over the season pass cards? I I could answer the question for you. I could. I just don't like the answer. Do you want me to answer it for you? I can. Okay, yeah. You 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 could do it for me. Season pass cards cost 10 schmackaroos. That's precisely it. And and just it frustrates me a lot because I know where they're coming from, right? Because you're going to have people unhappy either way. But for the health of the game, could we just do it? You know, could we just do it? The people who are complaining just want to complain. I like you're you're playing you're you're paying a battle pass for a live service game. You got to know that things are going to change. Anyway, I'll I'll stop my ranting. We can move on to the most recent uh, OTA that happened, and boy oh boy, this one, I, I, it's either the most impactful we've seen in a long time or the least impactful, and I have a hard time deciding. So, let's address the elephant in the room, Galactus. 6-7 down to a 6-5. I want to hear your thoughts first. So, I am a bit of a Galactus enjoyer. I'm not gonna lie. I do enjoy some Galactus. Uh-huh. Um, do you think he's dead? Do I think he's dead? No. Um, because as long as you can still hit wave on three and guess right on turn four, you're still gonna get Galactus out. But I think it does kind of nerf turn six Galactus, which I feel is the most fair Galactus. Mm. Um, which, you know, I guess you can throw out me personally. I run forge in my Galactus deck anyways, but now that makes him a six, eight instead of a six, 10. So, uh, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of it, but I understand why some people are. Like I said, I don't think it changes too much with how Galactus is typically played with a wave. Yeah, I just think it hinders his capability on turn six to go I mean, for the the Galactus out of nowhere. Here's the deal: I do hate Galactus with my very being. That's fine. However, I'd say the only positive about this change is that I've been seeing less Galactus. It was so frustrating, and part of the reason that I had trouble making YouTube videos this month is because it was just Loki and Galactus. And you can't counter both, you have to counter one. And that's just not entertaining content. So, to see his play rate go down is a mercy. But I don't think... Uh, I even hate saying this, but I, I definitely don't think... Like, it, now... Like, you throw Galactus in the deck, and it's just a worse deck almost all of the time. Like, if your strategy is, like, the whole Nimrod Shuri thing, you might as well play Destroyer now. Yeah. Because what are the chances... (laughs) Like, what are the chances you're going to beat a Lizard? Or, like, a Silk? Or, I don't know, like, a Rocket Raccoon and a Spider Ham? There are just so many things that beat you now. Um, And, yes, there are ways to buff. I've heard some people say that turn 6 Galactus is still viable with, like, Claw. Um... But that's gimmicky, and again, it's not guaranteed to work, and you're putting a lot of resources into it. I feel I feel kind of bad for Galactus. I don't think that he deserved 
he deserved that harsh of a nerf. I think a 6-6 is still playable. I don't think a 6-5 is very playable. You have to put a lot into Galactus to make it work. Um, what what other 6-5 cards are there? I, I mean, there's Doctor Doom. There's Alioth. Doctor Doom, Alioth, and Spectrum. Dude, can we talk... Before we go on, can we talk about Spectrum? I want her buffed so badly. I, she needs something right now. You you think I don't want her buffed, dude? I've got the, <laughs> I've got the um, the the Binks variant because I I put my money down on my boy. Oh, you're you're right. Yeah, you did win that. Yeah, no, I like I made that um that that Spectrum list with like Wong and 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 things like that, and I I try to play it from time to time. But what I often find is I'm like, I should just be playing Silver Surfer because it's the same thing better. What is like, what is, what do we gotta do to get Spectrum some love here? Can we get her to like a six seven or a six eight? Is that is that too too much to ask? I don't think so, but you know, like I I think it would be cool. It would be neat for her to hold her own in the lane. But anyway, uh, let let's move on. Let's talk about Kitty Pride. I think that a lot of people were upset about this, but it makes more sense when you think about the new card that's about to come out. Um, are you a Kitty enjoyer? No, not at all. Uh, actually, I'm going to be completely honest. I think Bounce is my least favorite deck in the entire game. I mm. was ecstatic when this change came out. I mean, I'm yeah. not a fan of Kitty Pryde. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's it's hard to deny that she's, like, arguably the best one-drop in the game. And probably top 20 in the game. Just insane. She's an insane card. And the reason she's so insane is because she can buff Collector... Angela, she gets bonuses from Shuri. And now there are decks coming out where it's reminding me of the olden days where you just like you would throw three down you would throw three cards down and win the game. It was Shuri, Task or, or Shuri, Red Skull, Taskmaster. Boom, you win the game, end of story. It's changed. Now you can throw Kitty Pride in there because she gets so fucking big. Like, it's it's nuts. Uh and honestly. This is necessary because of what's going to happen next with the uh, season pass card, and we'll talk about it. Uh, so we'll talk about it then. Let's let's move on. We were just talking about how Snowguard was changed to be like a super viable card. They thought that she was a little too strong, and they nerfed the Hawk and Bear. The Hawk is now a three three, and the Bear is now a three four. I actually like the three four status effect on the Bear. I think that makes sense. It's a Bear. I don't know about the 3-3 three, three for the for the Hawk. I also don't think that Snowguard was that busted, but with Loki, she was pretty strong. So, I don't know. Do you have any opinions? Uh, not really. I mean, I, I like I said, I can understand the the, the bear change. Um, I don't really know if the bird change needed to happen, but I mean, you know, uh... We'll see how much it actually affects the card the more it's played. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, honestly, time-gating it to three turns is a little unfortunate, but to be fair, like, most of the time you were saving your Hawk for later turns anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, so speaking of just basic buffs, I actually really like the Psylocke chain. She's a 2-2 now. She feels really good. I don't think that she feels broken. There are cards that do her job better, like 
uh, X-23, the Time Stone, Zabu. Now you actually have a competitor, right? Because Psylocke, her advantage is that she gives you an extra energy. You're not energy cheating. So as a Mobius get around, it's actually quite good. I like I like the change a lot. Um, and with Squirrel Girl, they did something similar. They just gave her an extra power. Uh, a lot of people are speculating it's because there's a bundle coming out with Squirrel Girl, and they want her to be a little more appealing. Let me tell you why I'm mad about this. Uh-oh. I like Shauna, and I like Dazzler. Why would I ever play Shauna when I can just play Squirrel Girl now? Shauna is a 3-2. Squirrel Girl is a 1-1. The difference in their abilities right now is that Shauna is random and also costs two more. Ouch. I don't like it. What are your opinions? Um, you know, uh, it's it's Squirrel Girl. Yep. Um, gets ratioed by Killmonger. Go next. Uh, what about Psylocke? Oh, Psylocke? Oh, I love the Psylocke change. I think the Psylocke change is great. Yeah. I'm, I, 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 as, as someone that didn't have Zabu for a long time, Psylocke was my crutch. Yeah, uh, no. She, she was my shining light in the dimmest darknesses. Um, and, you know, there she is in all her beauty. Yeah, no, I, I, I genuinely like the change. I like it a lot. I, and I think that it's very fitting, too, because, like, it was just no contest between her and Zabu. Why would you ever play Psylocke when you could just play Zabu and you change your deck a little? I, I think this is way more appealing. I, I'm actually excited. I want to show you a deck that I made um, in preparation for Black Knight, and it actually uses Psylocke in there instead of Zabu. It's very cool. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, let's let's talk about the the most recent development, which is the uh, the the Bloodstone season um this is a unique season because there are five weeks in here so it's big we have a lot of cards to discuss and some of them are more complicated than others if you want to know why kitty pride was nerfed to a 1-0 from a 1-2 look no further than elsa bloodstone okay she's going to be the season pass card she's a 2-2 with the ability that if you play another card to fill a location give it plus three power and this is an ability that is persistent. So if you brood and you have Elsa on the board, your Kitty Pride is getting plus three power every single turn you play her there. What do you think of Elsa? Do you think that she's going to break the game again? I don't know if she's going to break the game, um, but I want to see her in a destroy list. Ooh, interesting. I have heard the argument before, right? Like, you can do some pretty cheeky things with, with Elsa, right? You can um, make uh, uh, Hulkbuster pretty big, and then you still have that location to fill. So you're just buffing that location like crazy. Um, I've heard Venom, right? Because you're setting up the lane for things to destroy, and then that Venom is going to get that plus three buff. What are you most excited for in the Destroyer? Is it just the uh, the Venom combo, or are there other are there cool things you're thinking about? I think Venom is cool. Um, I think Deadpool can thrive Ooh, a lot. Ooh, interesting, interesting. Right? Yeah, I mean, because um, Killmonger, obviously the Killmonger combo, you could, like, yeah. fill a location, throw the Deadpool there, Killmonger. I see what you mean. Yeah. Just, here, let me just pull up my Destroy deck. For scientific purposes, 
Yeah, honestly, I think just the biggest thing to me is going to be the the Deadpool. The Deadpool goes crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, if you were to, uh, well, no, actually, I guess not. I was going to say if you could fill up the last um, slot with Sabretooth and then destroy Sabretooth. So, uh, I mean, destroyer, free. but uh, yeah, a lot of setup. I mean, you could destroy her, but yeah, it's it, it's a lot of setup. But yeah, I think it's mainly just for the the Deadpool. And I mean, I'm sure there's some stuff that you could do like with Wolverine mm. or I mean, maybe even just Carnage having a bigger Carnage because you oh, know yeah. Carnage yeah, yeah, is yeah. always restricted to being a to being a two eight at his max. I mean, you're you're convincing me that this is I, I, it feels pretty good in Destroy. Now, you're probably going to have to build your list around it. Like you're going to want cards that fill lanes quickly, like uh, Mysterio and Squirrel Girl. Um, but that's not too big of a change. Hey, Squirrel Girl's one two now. That's it's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, I think Elsa is going to be really interesting. Obviously, a lot of people are talking about uh, Squirrel Girl, and uh, a lot of people are talking about Brood. Um, yeah, I think she's going to be really strong. I. It's interesting to me that she is the season pass card because there's another card on this list that I feel is way more interesting. Uh. But we'll get to it. You know what makes me happy, Daka? Cinnabons. Uh, that, and we finally have an answer to Brood. Oh. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. I'm talking about Man-Thing. Sir. Yeah, man, he's a 4-5. Uh, ongoing, 1, 2, and 3 cost cards here have minus 2 power. If, you're, if that Brood lane is full, they're now 0 power. That's great. <laughs> like, this guy... It, on a full lane is nuts. We're talking about a 413 power card, and he can't be Shang-Chi'd or Shadow Kinged. You have to um uh you you have to enchantress him. If you rogue him, you're not really changing anything because your cards are still effective in that lane. Yeah. He's, I like um... him. I like him a lot. I, I like him too. I think, I, especially because I, I know it's going to be very niche. But hear me out. There is a goose down on the field. You play a Zabu somewhere else. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. he can single-handedly win you the goose lane. I agree. I think yeah, he's going to be good with Zabu. Obviously, the Psylocke change helps here too. Um, yeah, man. I'm I'm actually I'm pretty excited for for Man Thing. Honestly, I, I think it's so hard. I love all the cards here, but I know I'm not going to be able to get them all, which really stings. Um, uh, so let's talk about the the card that I'm actually the most excited for, and you're going to be able to tell exactly why. Black Knight is a 1-2 with the ability that after you discard a card, add the Ebony Blade to your hand with that card's power once per game. The Ebony Blade is a 4-0 you know why I love this card, Daka? Why? Lady Sif, Infinite, you now have a 420 card in your hand, and you can still Ghost Rider the, the Infinite. It's such it's a true. It's such a simple card. Now, can you die to Shadow King and Shang-Chi? Yes. Are there changes in the deck that are going to have to be made? Yes. Which is exactly what I did. I posted on Twitter today in preparation for the podcast. I have a pretty cool list. 
And I don't know if it's going to be good, but I'm going to play it to death. I'm going to share it in the chat with you. Um, boom. Here's the list. Sunspot, Black Knight, Psylocke, Armor, Mobius, Cosmo, Lady Sif, Ghost Rider, Taskmaster, America Chavez, Giganto, Infinite. Is it gimmicky? Yes. But when you pull it off, it's going to be so good. Here's the playline. Black Knight on one. Your choice on two. On three, you Lady Sif. On four, you play the Ebony Blade, so now you have a 420 on the board. On five, you play Taskmaster, now you have a 520 on the board. On six, you Ghost Rider. You now have a 423 on the board. Does that not sound nuts? Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Run, run me through that one more time. Okay. On one, you play Black Knight. On uh-huh. two, you play your choice. On uh-huh. three, you play Lady Sith. Mm-hmm. On four, you play the Ebony Blade, which is now a 420. On the board. On five, you Taskmaster the Ebony Blade. And on gotcha. six, you Ghost Rider and bring your Infinite back. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why. I thought you said... I thought you said that you ghost ridered the black blade and I oh, was like okay. <laughs> and I was like I don't want to be that guy but I don't think you can taskmaster something that's brought out by ghost rider. <laughs> yeah, no, you just copy the ghost rider. No, no, but you yeah, yeah you take the ebony blade, yeah, okay, you play yeah. it down, you taskmaster it. Now, yes, this is like I said, it's going to get fucking destroyed by all the things that counter cards. But is it going to be fun when you when you get it off? Yes, I'm very excited for this deck. Um and I appreciate you getting through my rant. But needless to say, I think the other things that go good with Black Knight are things like Apocalypse. From my understanding, he's going to work similar to like how Dracula works with Apocalypse, where he takes the value after Apocalypse comes back. So let's say you Lady Sif, you play down um, Black Knight, and then you uh, Blade your Black Knight is now going to be a 416, or your Ebony Blade is going to be a 416. You still have the Apocalypse in hand. Your Dracula can discard that later. I think this card is going to be supremely underrated, and he's going to define discard in a new way. I'm very excited about it. Do you have any thoughts? Um, Other than agreeing with you, no. No, I don't think so. Okay, great. Um, I'm very excited. I can't wait to start cooking. Dude, it's going to be so fun. I'm telling you, Lady Sif Ghost Rider is going to come back. It's going to be a great time. I'm I'm really happy for it. Okay. Uh, let's talk about probably the most complicated card in this oh, list. Oh, my favorite card. Oh, I, I want to get my hands on this card so bad. This is the one I'm saving my spotlight caches for. You know what? Let, I'll let you talk about it then. Why are you so excited about it? Let's, let's talk about it. It's Niku Minoru. She's a 1-2, and she has a bunch of different spells to play. Yeah. So her on reveal is um, after you play your next card, cast a spell. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, these should be the spells. Um, uh, if you click on and, her and snap fan, you can yeah. you can look at all the spells. Yeah, yeah, they're related cards, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There are seven different spells. Um, uh, let's see. First one up is after you play your next card, it becomes a demon. You know, good good 1-6 right there. Yeah, not bad. Uh, next one, 
after you play your next card, destroy it and draw two cards. Interesting. <laughs> Sorry. Um, you know, uh, Soulstone Enjoyers, eat your heart out. <laughs> um, <laughs> the next ability, or the next spell, uh, after you play your next card, move it one location to the right. Yep, yep. The next spell, after you play your next card, give it plus two power. Pretty good. That's that, that's old Forge, right? Wasn't Forge a... Yeah, yeah, two? yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was a plus two. He was a 2-1 that um, gave him plus two. Yeah. Um, next one, on reveal, after you play your next card, replace that card's location. Pretty mid, but, you know. Yeah, I, I assume it means replace it with the location that you had, like where you played her? So or your last card. So it's wherever you place the new card. That's that's the location that changes. Yeah. Um. The next one is after you play your next card, add a copy of it to your hand, and then the final spell after you play your next card, double its power. Oh, pocket shuri. Oh no, I'm afraid to inform oh. you. Oh. It's double this card's power. Oh, okay, I see. Thank hmm. the Lord and stars above. <laughs> I don't we know do what you're want, talking about. We do not want Mini Shuri in the game. I don't still, care. I want it. Bring the chaos. Still very good, right? You're you're making Niku a 1-4 at that point. Yeah. I Let's... Uh, before you even I speak, I know why you want it. It sounds really good in a Deadpool deck. It does. Right? Um it also just I don't know. I, I like cards like that have multiple different effects. Yeah, that no. Have I, multiple different things. I feel I feel like if you if you're playing this game with like uh Devil Dino and all the agents of chaos, uh you want to play Niku Nico too, because like it it's it's really fun. You, you're, you, and I, I don't exactly know the mechanics. I think it's random what spell you get each turn. But yeah, man, uh, you get Can extra. You back to back spells? I'm sorry, what? Like, after you use the spell, is that spell gone or can it cycle or can it cycle back into that spell? I wonder. Once you use the spell, of Niku Minoru, who are on reveal, deactivates. Got you. There is a way to bring it back, though. People have been talking about, like, okay, well, I could, like, Absorbing Man, uh, and then Absorbing Man would get the spells, and you would have to cycle through his spells to see what he does. Oh, wait. Okay, hold on. I, I got this, I got this. You could... Hear me out. You could Absorbing Man um, to get another spell, and then you could destroy her and then bring her back with Phoenix Force, and then you get another one that can move. Oh, man. I feel like the Phoenix I'm... Force one would honestly be easier, because, like, Absorbing Man, at that point, you only have two turns to take advantage of the effect, and you don't get that benefit until later on, right? Like, you, you would have to play yeah. Niku on, like, turn three. Uh, sorry, Niko on turn three, and then absorb Manit, whereas Phoenix Force, you can play Nico on one, and then destroy it, and then later on bring it back. I feel like that's probably more viable. But yeah, man, Nico is going to be crazy. I feel like yeah. 
it's super That's the hard. card I'm ready for. It's so hard to tell what this card is going to place. The only thing I know for certain is you probably play this in Deadpool decks, because why not? You already play, like, Nova in in those decks. I don't think the Nico is a bad replacement. Like, what are the most mediocre ones? Like, the location change and the moving one? But all the rest of them benefit a Deadpool deck pretty significantly. True. Yeah, man. I I just, uh, I can't wait to get that card. Oh, I want it so bad. It's going to be lit. Uh, oh, wait, she would go crazy with Elsa Bloodstone. Uh, I, th- I think In you're a right. Deadpool deck. I think you're right. I think, yeah, I think this this whole archetype is going to expand beyond our wildest dreams. And I, I know for sure that there are going to be some people who find, like, the most optimal way to use the card and it's going to be nuts um uh let's talk about let's talk about the last card to be released werewolf by night after you play an on reveal card in another location move there and gain plus two power he's a three three i don't know how i feel about werewolf by night does he create an archetype does he slot into an archetype i don't know Hmm. this is very interesting I almost want to say Werewolf by Night is like it almost sounds like he could be a better Silk in the sense of like you know where he's gonna go but I I don't know I just I think the because if you play him in a big on reveal deck I mean he can just shoot around but here's the thing, though, right? Like, in an on-reveal deck, you want to be playing Wong, Mystique, and then doing something crazy. He just kind of gets in the way. Like, optimally, you want to find him in a deck where you're doing on-reveal effects at multiple points across the board. I've heard that, basically, he's going to be a move enabler, primarily. Like, you have things like um, Doctor Strange and um, Ghost Spider and uh who else am i thinking of like spider-man these kind of cards where it's on reveal they move this card moves it's getting power it's doing things i think the the maximum power this card can get in a normal turn six game is what like a three uh a three nine is that right because three turns three times two is six plus yeah so at his maximum potential, he's the 3-9. And I need to ask you, is that better than a Vulture? Who, with one move, can be a 3-8? Because I don't know. I, You know, I, I don't really know either. I think he's a card that I'm just going to have to see people play or play with myself. Mm-hmm. I, he, I I think, much like Nico, he's going to be one of those cards that people have to, like, unlock, if that makes sense. Like... They need to yeah. figure out how to play him and, like, what to play him in. And I think, I don't know, I think once people, like, really figure out what to do with him, he has potential to be really nasty. Um, but I just, I, I don't know. Like, I, I've been trying to, like, brew in my head a couple of ideas. I do think that he fits, in, like I said, into the, like, the whole, what, what do they call it? The silky smooth that's the deck that was going around where you had like Craven and Silk and Spider-Man. And the idea is that you couldn't control where the cards went, but it didn't really matter because you got so much power on the board. 
I think you probably throw him into that deck, and he probably does well because he's you know he's buffing both Craven and uh, himself. I just don't know. It's it's interesting. I think I think I was I was trying to to slot him into other archetypes. You know what came and went pretty quickly. When Nebula came out, there was a brief stint where people were trying the Guardians again. Because the idea was like, okay, if they want to stop my Nebula from getting power, they're giving my Guardians power, so I win either way. That sort of faded out of style, because obviously the Guardians have a lot of downsides. The biggest downside now is now that Shadow King is a thing. It's it's terrible for the for the Guardians. I think, though... In a similar vein, if you have a couple of cards in that deck, like um, like the Guardians, or even cards just as simple as like a Absorbing Man, White Tiger, Odin list, I think you could ping-pong Werewolf by Night around and have a pretty good time. I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting to see. With that, um, that's in totality... Uh, the the card updates um we can talk about the new location um called the abbey it's it's the the wording here maybe you can help me decipher daka it says first to put exactly two cards here draws a card what does exactly mean does that mean brood doesn't work yeah i would say i'm assuming that that means cards like um like, if you play something like Brood, where it adds cards afterwards, um, or, I don't know, if you, like, fill a lane with uh, Ultron, I guess, and you know, like, that wouldn't work because it's four, and it needs to be the first person to have two cards in the lane. And it, it it's not saying that you need to put both on the same turn, right? Like... To put exactly two cards here, at first I thought it was like, okay, do I need to put like two one drops there specifically on at the same time? I don't know. It's weird. Ooh, I wonder. Does this mean that you can destroy someone by, you know, like let's say for some reason you both put one card there on on turn two? If I play Green Goblin there on turn three. Green Goblin flies over. Oh, interesting. Interesting. So then, you know, I can just get the next, or I can get that free draw, essentially for free. It's an interesting question. Uh, We'll have to play around with it. I'm always unsure about the mechanics. Like, do you remember the, um, what was that one location that was like, the the last card to get here is destroyed. And that included, yeah. like, move and other things. That was so weird. They removed it because it had a bunch of bugs. And this gives me similar vibes. It, I, don't know what it, well, I don't know what it means when it says first to put exactly two cards here. It should be self-explanatory, but it, it doesn't feel like it. Anyway, um, uh, besides the new location, we do have a bunch of Midnight Suns variants. I don't know if you saw those. They're pretty dope. I did. Also, am I looking at the... Is is am I looking at like the data mined version? Because this other location seems crazy. If this is real, uh, what what are you looking at? Um, I'm looking at the September update patch notes on a uh, snap fan. And, oh, okay. Uh, after you play a card here this turn, destroy the top uh, card of your opponent's deck. Oh, interesting. Hold on. Rip Yondu. Yeah. Whoa. 
Hotel Inferno. Huh. I I don't know. After you play a card here this turn, destroy the top. Yeah, that damn. That's brutal. It is. Man, imagine, dude, if you played Yondu there too. Oh god. All I'll say is this uh, is pro- this is probably just a buff to null. It, it probably or a nerf to null, you know, if it destroys null. <laughs> oh, you know, that makes me so happy. I've been I've been playing my because uh, I get uh, the only deck that's winning me right games right now is my destroyer list. But very occasionally I'll bring up my death strike uh, list because I'm just a simp for her. Being able to destroy the negative 10 power void and then people play their their null thinking it's going to be a bomb is hilarious. Because oftentimes they're just playing like a 6-8 and then I beat them. <laughs> it's it's honestly kind of amazing. Uh, yeah, man, I... I, I, I like the theme of this season. It's very spooky. Um, uh, do you have any final thoughts uh, on the upcoming season? Are, do you think that you're going to get more into Snap? Do these cards interest you? Think of all the cards that are coming. The ones that interest me the most are Man-Thing, Black Knight, and Nico. Yes. And I think the two that I'm going to try my absolute hardest to get are Nico uh, and Black Knight. I really want to get Man Thing, but I mean, ultimately, if I have to pass on Man Thing, I mean, I'm not going to get but hurt about it. You know what makes me a little happy? Man Thing is going to be a Series Four card, so if you do have collector's tokens, he's only going to cost three thousand. You know what? You're right. I think I'm sitting at two. I'm sitting at two thousand six hundred right now. So you know what? Maybe, maybe the collector's reserves will bless me, and, and if not, I will have enough for him. Keep your eyes out for Token Tuesday because you can get him then too. Um, True. Yeah, I I think that's my plan. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get Man Thing. I'm definitely getting Black Knight, and then if I roll the dice and get lucky, I might get Nico and Werewolf. I'll I'll be honest though. After this season, I don't know if I'm gonna have any caches or spotlight um uh caches left, and that that kind of worries me. I I I've said it before. I'm obviously not a huge fan of the new system. It has its benefits. It also has its downsides. How many how many spotlight uh, caches are you at right now? Well, right now I'm at two. Mm. Um, but the way I see it, I'm not summoning, summoning. I'm not collecting my caches for this week because the only card that I don't have is Echo and the random oh, yeah. series four or five, yeah. and I, I can pass on those cards. So I think after I do my weeklies, I'll be at three, maybe four. Um, collector uh, spotlight caches, and if I don't get more than four by the time black knight comes out then i guess i'm skipping black knight and just saving them all for nico i mean yeah. guarantee- guaranteeing that i get nico yeah i um, mean we just live in a world where you have to be more selective unfortunately yeah because yeah because i i'm not going below four uh or okay after i get four if i get more um after that and Black Knight's out, then I will use those extra ones on Black Knight to try to get Black Knight, but it, if if I don't, you know, um, I'll get him eventually. Salute. Yeah, man. I, I feel like... I feel like I'm most excited for Black Knight. Man-Thing, I also really like. I might just replace uh, Captain Marvel in my, my original big boys list, because he's kind of just dope. I like him a lot. Um, and then as for... Nico, I want Nico. If I can't get her, I'm not going to cry about it. And I'm not aiming for Werewolf by Night. If I have an excess of casters, if I get like 
god tier luck and I get Black Knight and Nico first try, I'll go for Werewolf. But otherwise, I'm saving those caches. Yeah, man. I think I think that about covers it. Uh, any final thoughts before we, we sign off here? I, I think I'm going to enjoy this next season definitely more than I enjoyed uh, the Loki season. Yes. And I think that is a good thing. Yep, I'm excited for spooky season. We have a lot of interesting cards here. I'm I'm super curious to see uh, the decks that Black Knight, Nico, and Werewolf all make. They're going to be all interesting. Elsa is going to be predictable. I I already see the things that are going to benefit from her. The other cards I'm I'm going to be interested to see. Uh so with that being said, if there's one thing that you can remember, it's that we're infinite. Thanks for listening.